live and direct from the Smart Start MN studio in the heart of South Minneapolis. This is the Brian Oak Show, episode 53. Thank you very much for all of our continued Patreon support to all of our sponsors like Smart Start MN, like Busters of 28, like AudioQuip.com, and even like my friend Sean Bernard. Hi, Sean. How you doing? I am crazy busy right now. Yeah? Yeah. With, like the, a with lot. the realty bit? Yeah, and it's... it's. I, did, I thought was, we were in lockdown. I thought we were... Oh, you're selling bunkers, like underground safety bunkers. That's exactly what I'm selling. I yeah. can't believe how crazy busy it is. I mean, people... I think people are kind of just like, I was planning on moving, and so I'm going to move. And that's what they're doing. Especially wow. especially under the 400000 mark, people with, with that have a lot of money, unlike you and I, right. they are waiting a little bit right now. But my peers, did my like, group of so, people... So what they're saying is, my current mansion... <laughs> is fine for now exactly until i can, I can... probably hang out here yeah and ride this out because, because a million plus digs when, when you have five thousand square feet <laughs> exactly you could get far away from your family yes. like you were in a football stadium yeah i haven't seen my wife in about a week <sighs> anyway so what you're saying though it, it is busy right now it's busy as hell yep it's good though you want to tra- you want to talk about it right now do you want to i think real we already quick? did just what? call me at 612-859-2594 uh, and you could text me if you'd like to as well. You can Facebook message me as our friend Heather did today. Um, and just know that a portion of everything that's sold or bought through me, uh, you get a, a, a uh, one-year membership for two to the Warming House, which isn't open yet, but hopefully it will be soon. But I'm still doing the membership and the donation to them anyway. All right, excellent. Did you Did you see that the Missouri governor said as of yesterday, which was Monday, May 4th, uh, Concerts are okay now. I I can't no. I can't believe that any band would sign on for that. That any management company would sign on to it. That the the union that operates stagehands and lighting and all the other things that go into making a proper rock show would be like, yeah, that seems like a really good idea. I know people want to reopen the economy. Going to a packed concert right now is one of the stupidest fucking things that you could possibly do. No, and it's not even a necessarily about the people that are there it's about all your family members and other people you know that are high risk that you're going to infect once you leave the in concert this coming weekend <laughs> is mother's day yeah and i've already had several conversations with my mother and she's like we're not getting together this year and i couldn't agree more which is heartbreaking i have well we've had our moms on the show before i love my mom so 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 much she is oh look at that you know what we're gonna do we're gonna set up. Remember at the end of ET when ET was dying, we wasn't sure we weren't sure if he was gonna make it. Let's set up that whole thing outside of of her house so that you can go see her. I'll put. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll do both boy in the plastic bubble and a hazmat suit exactly. to go see her. Yeah, no, I mean it's just it's too soon, and I know it sucks, and I know the economy. This last week, I got some of the worst news I've ever had. Uh, you may not be from Minneapolis, but if you are in Uptown, which has been slowly converting to, oh. uh, you know. Giant condo boxes and mom and pop shops getting eviscerated to be replaced by national chains. It's just neighborhoods change. These things happen. You know, it's happened right across the river from downtown in northeast Minneapolis. Um, my very single favorite place to day drink, Billy Morissette, who joins us once oh, a month to make us Billy. drinks. He's my favorite bartender at Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters announced that they are shuttering forever. The management group. The owners of that place also own Dark Horse in St. Paul, another incredible location, but they, I can't, I, you know, the margins are too slim in the restaurant and bar business, and I imagine they had to shutter one of them. Hopefully, I'm really praying, crossing my fingers, someone's going to throw a giant pile of money at them to buy that spot and probably put up some shitty glass and gray slate condo not that i want that for uptown but i want the people who own that place and the people who work there to get a piece of that pie i don't know that i've ever been anywhere that knows how to pour a better drink or has shown better hospitality it was just it was my spot and when you lose your spot like that especially in a situation like this i know there are people literally dying i know there are people on ventilators laying there clinging to life their lot in life is much worse than mine right now. But still, to watch your community, you know, we talked about uh, El Burrito next door to us. And yeah. It's Cinco de Mayo right now. 
You know? And, I know. And they would have had a thriving, crazy day. Instead, they're closed forever. And I think there's like 19 or 20 places in the Twin Cities so far that are maybe even Minneapolis alone that have closed for good. It's just, it's brutal. And uh, so I just want to say an official farewell to Muddy Waters because I loved, loved the ownership, the management, the wait staff, the drinks, the camaraderie, the conversation. Sitting there with Billy and watching some cheesy 1960s sci-fi or horror movie and having a couple 13, 14, uh, it was, um, those were my afternoons back in the day. Yeah, I had several friends go by and just take a picture outside of it uh, uh, yesterday, I think it was. They all just popped by and uh, I hope that, what I hope for is that somebody says to them, look, we'll inject some money into this and fingers crossed help you somehow save it. I mean, I... Yeah, I get the whole thing. Like, yeah, you and I are okay. We personally haven't had a friend or family member uh, get this yeah. horrible disease yet. But it doesn't mean you don't get to feel about everything else that's happening. That of course not. Our lives have been rocked, and yeah. that sucks right now. And and whether it's my kid not getting to play baseball, which is heartbreaking to me, is that may be silly to other people, right? Or not getting to go to concerts, which is a big part of who I am and who you are. It's like, it's, it's a weird thing to not know when this is all going to be over. Yeah, and again, I realized not having a, my favorite place to go get a drink and hang out with my favorite bartender in the Twin Cities is not the end of the world. It was still my spot. It was an oasis, right? Like, so when you are going through hard times or your day was shit, you're like, I'm going to my spot. Yeah. I, and you know, and so it, it's still a loss. It's not somebody dying, but it still sucks out loud. And now Uptown becomes even more empty and callous and ridiculous than it already was. Last thing before we bring on today's next guest, uh, which, by the way, is Quillen Rowe of the Rowe Family Singers. They are an American folk rock group. They are a roots group. They are really an incredible force of nature to watch live. You know, I a little banjo goes a long way for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but they do it very, very well. And there are just certain bands that you see. You know, I mean, like, his wife is on auto harp. He's on a banjo or some instrument I've never heard of before. Possibly a mandolin arena or, you know, I'm, I, there, there's so much to know. But they have a washboard player. And, like, you'd see him come out and you're like, oh, this will be fun. And then it is more than fun. You know that this band name is going to happen soon. I want you to choose the type of music that this band will play. The name of the band, you can already guess. The Murder Hornets. So and that, what kind of music will the Murder Hornets play once that happens? That was the last thing I was going to mention before we went into this <laughs> next song. Um, so the world's on fire. Everything's upside down. Everyone's in lockdown. I'm highly unemployed. Underemployed Fucking Murder for Hornets. Sure. And now, but here's the other thing. I've told you before, much like we don't get to pick what we love in life, which is one of my favorite sayings, we also don't get to pick what we're afraid of. And I'm not sure what happened to me as a... I'm 51, in actually one week from tomorrow, I'll be 52. That's right. I've never been stung by a bee in my entire life. <sighs> Something happened to me at some point that I became not just afraid of things with black and white stripes on them or stingy things and giant pinchers. <laughs> I, it's an actual phobia. Now, I don't want to hurt bees, and I know how important honeybees are. I understand the absolute, our, our biosystem will break down if we lose yes. them. So I don't hurt them. I don't spray against them. But if one comes close to me or heaven forbid lands on me, I will knock over an infant, a toddler, <laughs> the infirm, and the elderly to get away from it. I'm not joking, man. I, I think you really made your point there. I, I think we get I, it. <laughs> fuck bees. Now, I know that we need to have them. I just don't want to have them around me. Um, now, And bees, I understand their importance because they're pollinators. Now, things like wasps and hornets can fuck all of the way off. Two-inch murder hornets. They're two fucking inches long. They're from Asia, and the first one showed up recently in British Columbia and in Washington State. And the fact that they've landed here means that they're going to propagate. And here's the deal. I don't like bees, but these hornets, this is literally what they do is murder bees to eat the larvae. I know, they take their heads off. And so if you haven't heard of murder hornets yet, go look them up. (laughs) They're between one and a half and two inches long. So, I mean, we're talking a hornet this big. The pinchers on the front of their face are big enough to cut a whole bee's head off. Then they don't even eat the bee. They go inside. 
30 of these hornets. I remember watching a video about these <laughs> Japanese hornets a long time ago. They can go in and 30 of them can go in and wipe out more than 3,000 bees in minutes. They oh, just yeah. walk up because they're so much larger, grab them, chomp off their head, move on to the next one. They also have fucking stingers. And then once they've killed all of the bees, all the honeybees, they go in and eat the larva and take every resource there, and then they move on to the next location. Now, American honeybees are already under extreme duress, right? Like, yes. I mean, we're in danger. So this is hard for me to say because I am so not bee adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> But plant pollinator gardens. Let your lawn go to, yes. to weed. Let yep. dandelions come up. Find out what flowers best support our pollinators and allow them. We have to actually support this because if that part of the ecosystem collapses, then we're actually even more fucked. More volcanoes, murder hornets. Welcome to 2020, everybody, which leads us perfectly into this next song by a band out of Oregon called Larry and His Flask, because this song talks very much to our present condition. I saw this band, I don't know, five, six, seven years back in the in the main room, and they were fantastic, and they were so good. They very much have banjo, but they're sort of like that punk bluegrass. Yeah. Uh, and they, this particular song, listen to the lyrics closely, it speaks very, very much to our current condition. That right there, out of Bend, Oregon, a place that I've been more than a handful of times. You know, I was born in Oregon, and my parents moved to Northern California, like Yuma City or something like that. Yuba City? I can't remember. And then uh, moved me here when I was two. So in my head, I don't know those places, except we would go out there every year. I've been to Oregon at least 40 times, and I love Oregon. And I got to be honest, as I mentioned earlier in the show to Sean, a little banjo goes a long way for me, but the thundering power of Larry and his flask, it's one of the most fun sort of bluegrassy punk bluegrass bluegrass ability i don't know what you call it it's, it's, one, it's one of the most fun fun shows i've ever seen in the first avenue main room they were great opening up for trampled by turtles it is the brian oak show which is made possible by smart start mn smart start mn what do they do they are the original ignition interlock company in minnesota what is ignition interlock well let's say that you or a good friend or a family member or even someone you don't like that much but want to get them back online has a DUI. They can get you back into your vehicle sooner and for less money than you would imagine actually possible. And because you're listening to The Brian Oak Show, if you go there and click on that link, you can do it for even less. Yep, 20% off the uh, installation of the ignition interlock. That way you don't have to cart your friend around to everywhere they need to go. Seriously. They can drive themselves. You know, they're probably thinking, 
Oh, Sean will just give me a ride. Mm-hmm. No, no, he won't. Nope. Sean's busy right now. Despite, despite busy. the lockdown, turns out Sean's actually very busy with his main job of working for Edina <laughs> Realty uh, and also here producing and making things happen for the Brian Oak Show. So you need to get back on the road and you need to make sure you do it safely and securely. They can legally get you back on the road so you're not flouting the laws. And again, it's cheaper and better than you could actually imagine it's an easier process and you'll imagine you'll get there way sooner than you would otherwise smartstartmn.com and from there you just click slash on, the brian oak show slash the brian oak show there you go that's how we make it happen let's go ahead and get to today's guest who is a local musician who also produces um intense and passionate and occasionally thunderous americana folk music roots music i'm not sure what he likes to call it or what it's actually called or why classifications are important but you know (laughs) people need to put things in boxes so they can get their head around it quillen Rowe of the Rowe family singers quillen how are you i'm good brian thanks yeah, well, good. I'm okay, man. I'm okay. I mean, like everybody, a little stir crazy, but you know, you if you have a creative outlet like I do here with the podcast at the Smart Start MN Studios, or as you do, being a musician, you know, it's just uh, it, it helps ease the weirdness. But I've had the privilege of seeing your band a few times now, and it really is a family affair. You and your wife are at the heart of this band, right? Yep. Yes. Are you are you Boy, are you driving each other crazy yet? You know, no, we're really lucky that we actually get along really well. And so I think the hardest part is, and I think you've got kids, so you're probably dealing with some of this too, mm-hmm. um, is the distance learning. Yep. Just trying to get the, trying to get that worked out. You know, we've been fighting with our older daughter in particular a lot about it. Well, my wife is a music educator by trade, and I know that that also runs in your family. Uh, she's been teaching choir at uh, Rosemount Middle School for more than 25 years now. And so distance learning is a it's a steep, well, for lack of a better term, learning curve, both for the instructors and for the students. And to keep, you know, the instructors are just trying to get their head around it and trying to take attendance and make sure the kids are at least doing something. But for the kids at home, this is also a new paradigm. It's a it's a weird time to be a teacher and or a student. Yeah, yeah, it's I agree. Our kids just had a four day weekend because, the you know, the teachers needed more planning days because they didn't think they'd be distance learning through the end of the school year. They thought mm-hmm. they'd be back today. Today was actually supposed to be the day they were going back physically to school before the, you know, the lockdown got, got extended. Their teachers, I, I mean, their teachers were in the Wyzetta district and they have been doing an amazing job. We've got, we've got a third grader and a fifth grader and both, both uh, grade teams. It's just incredible. The stuff that they're getting done. Yeah, no, it's incredible. So I want to talk about you and your band, Row Family Singers. Before we get to the point where you and your wife start this band, um, where are you from? Where were you, where were you born, man? I am from, I'm from here in the Twin Cities. I grew up in Northeast Minneapolis and then moved out to uh, Plymouth. All right. And so when did in your youth, you growing up, you going to school, you doing the things you do, when did you find yourself? I mean, probably you were always a music fan. I was always a music fan. I just found that I didn't have the the diligence or yeah. the patience to actually learn an instrument. But at some point that obviously, I mean, I tried viola and I, I sucked at it. I'll be honest. I was really <laughs> not any good at it. I was always last chair in the orchestra class, but then I got into choir and got into a couple of select choirs. I mean, I like I could sing because they were so desperate for deep voices, but <laughs> you, you at some point become a genuine, honest to goodness musician. When did that happen? Was there an aha moment? Was it a slow transition? Oh, what, what, was, what was the first thing you picked up? So I, well, I started with piano and then like you, I went into strings. I did the cello cause I thought the cello was the bass and I really wanted to play the bass, but I didn't know that. <laughs> and right. so, you know, I got stuck playing this thing. And it it was terrible. And the same thing with the piano. I loved the piano, but neither one of them, I, I didn't want to practice. And then when I was 14, uh, my best friend got an electric guitar um, 
you said you're from from Oregon. So did you have Schmidt music out there? You, you know what Schmidt music is, right? I know what Schmidt music. No, so I, I'm from Oregon, but my parents moved me here when I was two years old, so I have no recollection. Oh, two. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I have gotcha. I have no recollection of living in Oregon, but I've been there many, many, many <laughs> times. So no, I grew up in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. So I am more than intimate with Schmidt music. So my best friend got got a guitar from Schmidt music and. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, this is my best friend's doing it. He's, he's cooler than I am. Uh, so I asked my parents in eighth grade for Christmas, they gave me the Schmidt uh, guitar crash course, which they, you know, they give, they, their slogan was, well, put a, put a guitar in your hands and teach how to play it. And that was the first thing that I wanted to practice. For whatever reason, the, the guitar really stuck. And, uh, and then right, and then very soon after that, I got, and I, I have, I have no idea how this happened, but for some reason, there was a band like in the summer between eighth and ninth grade that they decided that they wanted me to sing for them. And I, I don't know why I have, I don't know how (laughs) I met these guys. I don't know anything. I don't remember anything about it, but it was great. It was, we would, we would always, we'd meet in John Lenz's basement. John played the drums, Jory played the guitar and uh, George played the bass and I was the singer. And we just basically, we did Metallica and Misfits covers, which is awesome. What was the name of this band? What was the name of that band? I don't think that band had a name. Oh. I don't, I mean, I think they could, they, those guys could maybe tell you, but I never knew a name. So, but that trans, so like a year later, in t- so that was ninth grade. And then in 10th grade, we all get to high school and those guys kind of sold me off to this band. And this band, I do remember the name of it was RIP, which stand stood for rivalry in power. Dude, so you yeah, mean you, was, you like, you like have some like genuine respectable metal roots. I played all of my bands until college were uh, were metal and hardcore and wow. alternative. Uh, so when you talk about hardcore, um, did you see that uh, you know Ian Mackay of Fugazi uh, Discord Records? As of today, they put their entire catalog online for free. <laughs> Right, so so it's, uh, look at that. See, I knew you didn't. Knowing now what I know about you, it seems like you. Uh, I, I knew that, that that would have some resonance for you. So yeah, Discord Records, as of today, has put their entire catalog online for free. So, I'm sorry, I interrupted your story. So you're no, no, no. That's great. It, well, it's good news. I'm I mean, super excited. And we're going to talk about your new record here in just a minute. But um, so you are in metal bands, but. Row Family Singers are not exactly a metal band. Now, I will say that they play with a certain metal intensity at certain points. There is, Thank you. There is a commitment to the bit, and I mean that sincerely. Like it's, it, so like we just heard a song by Larry and His Flask. I know you've played with a ton of other bluegrassy type bands. I don't know if you've ever played with them, but they do sort no. of a, a thundering punk rock style. We just played the song Shakedown, and it is... It's some of the fastest banjo, mandolin, and washboard I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's, I remember seeing them once open up for Trampled by Turtles, and it's so good. So I'm not saying that you play with like a, you're not doing Metallica covers in a bluegrass style, but your band, Row Family Singers, plays with a, an intensity that's hard to watch. You know, I equate it to, there are certain bands where you're like, oh, these guys are really good. And then there are other bands where you like start working your way towards the front, even if it's uncomfortable for the people in front of you. And there's a certain, and I hate the term, but I can't think of a better one, a certain X factor where you're like, what am I watching here? And you get drawn in and that spell gets cast. That to me is the whole point of live music. And I think the Roe family yeah. singers do that. That's well, that means a lot. Thank you. That's so I've been like a lot of people I've been doing, you know, my 10 favorite albums are the albums that, that really shaped me. And of course I couldn't get it down to 10, mm-hmm. but I think that the 10th, or, I don't know, the 10th or the 15th one was the Pogues. If I should fall from grace with God. And I got that album when I was 14 and it was, I, and it, it was one of those, I mean, it's one of those watershed moments, you know, it just changed everything. Cause I grew up with, with, uh, with traditional music. My, my dad, had really eclectic tastes, but he definitely skewed towards the folk traditions of the world, you know, just folk music from all over the place. But I grew up with, you know, I grew up with a lot of fiddle music and banjo music and stuff. And, uh, and, but by 14, I'm, you know, I'm listening to, like I said, I'm starting, I'm in this band where I'm playing metallic and misfit stuff. And that's the stuff that I'm listening to now. But then I get this Pogues record that I got at the library and it was, 
it was just, it was like, it was like the two things that I had that up to that point in my life that I loved the most traditional music and, and punk and hard music, hardcore and metal were together. You know, there's, there's the, and the Rowe family is my attempt at, at being like the American version of the Pogues. I just, I just still to this day, I just, I, I go back to their albums there over and over again. And I just, um, I'm having a lot of t- fun over quarantine actually, because I have time where, you know, we're not playing every day. So I'm able to sit down and work a little more on my craft. I'm taking the songs apart now um, and trying to figure out how they work. What makes, what makes a song work in general is, is very exciting. I've been playing with, uh, with Matt Wilson from Trip Shakespeare for the last year and a half. And oh, yeah. that guy writes the most incredible songs. I mean, his songwriting is masterful. And so it's really got me excited about the craft again, which is something that I'd kind of, I'd lost sight of in the, the craft of performing. Now I'm having this, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the craft of writing again. And so it's just, it's just, it's a, it's an exciting time. It's frustrating because I've got all these new ideas and I can't get together with my band and do them. You know, we can't sit down and, and work stuff out and and play for people. I really miss playing for people. That's the that's the hardest part is not being in front of an audience. Well, and from someone on this side, it's really sucks not going out to see people play live for people. <laughs> Although there's been a lot of good stuff online. Hey, we're going to talk about the brand new record. I want to talk more about your collabs with Matt Wilson, and I want to talk about the formation of your band. But we're way too far into the show without having heard a single song <laughs> by Roe Family Singers. And you have a brand new record, which again, we'll talk more about the details of it on the far side of this. But we're going to hear a song called Don't Worry About the Rich Man. Tell me about this song before we dive into it. This was this was one of those songs that songwriting for me usually takes forever. I'm a very slow writer. This one I wrote in I think two days, which for me is remarkably fast. I mean, that's I never write like that anymore. But I just got I got so mad. I wrote it over the space of like a like the ideas came over the space of a week. There was this one week where Paul Manafort was indicted. He put on trial for all that embezzling and stealing and all the all the stuff he did, and he got you know just a slap on the wrist from the court, and then. Right at the end of that trial, the whole uh, the Ivy League school kids buying, you know, parents buying their kids into Ivy League schools uh. story broke. And I just I've always I'm you know, I, mean, I don't I don't think you can get into punk and hardcore without having a pretty strong sense of social justice and um, and class. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, just like class equality kind of things. And those things just like coming back to back just it was just too much and so that's where the song came from Bye. 
That comes off the new album, Roll Up the Rug. It's the Rowe Family Singers. Our guest is Quillen Rowe, and damn, that's a fun song. Now, before we talk to you about the new record, I do have to mention that one of the sponsors of this show, who I am so happy are doing well and hopefully continue to do well enough to stay open because we've lost some crucial institutions here in the Twin Cities in the last month, and it breaks my heart. Bye, Muddy Waters. I love you. But in my neck of the woods, like literally three blocks from my home, is Buster's on 28. They, for years, many years, have prided themselves on having an almost unparalleled bottled beer selection and a tap beer selection, but the kitchen has also always been extremely high-end without overly arting up their food, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yep. There's no <laughs> extruded dolphin essence no, on anything. I hate and that. Yeah, well, I just, there's always, there's so many places <laughs> you go that call themselves gastropubs oh. that there's like too, too many ingredients in everything i'm like i didn't i didn't need creme fraiche on this like just like just but what they do do is they make incredible like the burger killer it is so good everything on the burger the cubano is now my favorite cubano in town um it's they just they do a really really great job so busters on 28th is located in southeast minneapolis right by lake hiawatha busters on 28th.com and they do curbside pickup for a while when they weren't sure what the future looked like they were just doing lunch they were just doing dinner now i think it goes from like 11 to 7 or 11 to 8 and they're cranking it out and most importantly well not most importantly but for some of us most importantly they now can include wine and beer in your order. Yes, they can. And then some, someday soon they're going to actually offer uh, liquor at Buster's. What? Yeah, they're, what? they're working on it right now. What? Yes. Because <laughs> there's no place like home, Brian. Here's, there's here's no the place deal. like no, home. Here's the deal. I, I don't really drink a lot of beer and wine. I know a lot of people do. I'm a brown liquor guy. And if Buster's does that, why would I ever leave my neighborhood again? That's a very good point. Huh. Busterson28th.com is where you find them. You can order. You can go to curbside delivery. We've had John on the show, and John's a great dude. A lot of great people actually working over there. So thanks to them for not pulling their support once the world went upside down. Now, speaking of the world going upside down, we're talking to Quill and Rowe of the Rowe Family Singers, and you've got a brand new record. <laughs> well, I, I only say this because you've got a brand new record out, and when, <laughs> when, when, when there's a brand new record, what do you do? You tour to support it. You want people to buy it. You want people yeah. to hear the new music. This music has been, some of it, I'm sure, percolating inside you for years. Did I just do one of those beaver whistles right there? Like yeah. a <laughs> Oh, All right. Anyway, um, yeah, so some of it I'm sure has been percolating in you for years. Some of it much more recent than that. But you're excited about having a new release. You want to get the word out. You want to tell people. And like you said before, you want to play for people. You want to get out and do what you do. Is it? I mean, I know obviously it's frustrating. But I mean, what what do you think the future looks like for doing this kind of thing? I know nobody knows anything right now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not asking you to be an epidemiologist or anything. But I mean, how do you, as a musician with a brand new release how do you promote your new music that's a very good question i don't know i you know i'm not i'm just old enough that a lot of the uh the social media stuff like the the older form like facebook Mm -hmm. makes sense i've got an instagram account for the band i just as as you know from trying to talk me through it earlier today like spotify mystifies me i was you know so i've finally got our music up there and then i'm reading all this stuff about well streams i don't know i mean it it just so i just want to play music for people in person i want to see people i want to sweat i want to i want the applause i want to see their smiling faces you know uh, all of that stuff i i hope it comes back i i think that i think as you said earlier people are hungry for it you know it, we all want to get out of the house i think that i think attendance once it's finally safe, will be very will be up. I mean, I think that the stuff that survives, the venues that are able to survive, the festivals, you know, I think that they will be having a, a, a big surge in their attendance at least this year. And I, then, but also, I you know, I think that the flip side of that is that, you know, people are really uh, streaming music, uh, live stuff is is really viable now. You mm-hmm. know, and people are used to now. You know that it's gonna be it's gonna be bitmappy and chunky because you don't have a you know a fast enough connection or whatever, and people accept that because that's what it is. And so I think I think that'll keep happening, and I, I suppose that's a good thing. I mean, I've got friends that make their living doing that instead of playing live. So, 
Well, I want to successful. Talk, I want to talk about how people can best support because I mean that's the whole bit. We've been talking about this. This whole series we've been doing during lockdown has been called checking in. And it's, you know, we talk about the great local places we've lost, like Muddy Waters, now gone forever. Yeah. That, that's a heartbreaker for me. And so, you know, but Buster's on 28th, still doing enough business to still be, not only still be alive, but they aren't pulling the plug on their support of the Brian Oak show. So, I, you know, I want that, obviously. But I also, on the far side of this, whatever it looks like, whatever this new world we emerge into, whatever new forms we adopt, you know, I'm hoping it goes back to as close to regular as we can guess. I, I don't want to lose not only restaurants. I don't want to lose hair salons. I don't want to lose knife throwing academies. I don't want to lose. <laughs> I don't want to lose. Those local, are important. I don't want to lose the local musicians, man. And so, um, you know what? Before we even talk about the new record, let's do this right now. Let's get it out of the way. Make sure people hear it. What is the best way that someone can make sure the Roe family singers have at least a modest stream of revenue? You have a brand new record, so sure, I'm sure they can go stream it somewhere, but if they want to buy it, if they want to download a high-quality MP3, or they want to get a physical CD, what's the best place for them to start? RoeFamilySingers.Bandcamp.com And Roe is spelled R-O-E for people who are not familiar. Yep. Yep, that's the one. And then, you know, we've got the Venmo and the PayPal me accounts. And that's uh, Venmo, you know, the Venmo one is just at Quillen dash row. And the PayPal is paypal.me slash Quillen row. So it's uh, Quillen. No one's going to know how to spell that. So never mind. No, 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 It's Quill, like like a writing Quill with an A-N at the end of it. Q-U-I-L-L-A-N. That's it. It's that easy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very well. Pe- I probably could have said that myself, but I appreciate that. Thank pe- you. People will find it. You know, last Friday there was something really cool called the uh, Valkyrie Music Festival that happened online. Yeah. And we talked to Sarah Morris yep. about it last week. And I ended up because it turns out I'm widely available these days. Uh, <laughs> I spent most I spent most of my Friday I watched the the opening DJ set. I watched the panel discussion they had in the morning, and I wasn't able to watch every single performance throughout the day because this is like a 13-hour thing they did online but the parts i watched were deeply inspirational former guests on this show kiss the tiger blew my freaking mind look up valkyrie and kiss the tiger i've never seen anything quite like it before it was spectacular and so i know more and more people are doing the streaming online and what's great about this when you know you talk about your venmo or your paypal accounts People, a lot of people obviously are out of work right now. A lot of people are strapped, myself among them. But, you know, you can probably afford to throw two or three bucks at somebody, you know. And if you've got a couple hundred people watching, that's going to make the difference between paying the electricity bill and not paying the electricity bill. So I think this is a time where we find out what we value, right? Like, I mean... Was that like when I watched that Kiss the Tiger thing? I'm like, shit, I got 10 bucks. And, you know, I'm like, because it, it was a mind bender for me. So now is the time where we decide where our values lie, what's important. And even if we have very, very limited resources, what we want to preserve, no matter what ends up happening. So I want people, I want to encourage people to support your local businesses, your local artists. The people around you, check in with your families. All right, that's enough of my PSA right there. I want to hear, Quillen, Quillen. I <laughs> no, wanna, it's true. It is true, I mean, because it's important, man, right? Like some people aren't yeah. going to make it through to the other side of this thing. Yeah, no, it absolutely. I think one of the, the most touching things that someone has said to me this whole time is, I was actually our bass player, and he said, he said, you know, because he keeps, he, he keeps sending me all these ideas for stuff that we can do that that we being me and Kim that we can do you know from our house to mm-hmm. keep income stream and the the thing he said said I'm not trying to bug you he's like I just want to make sure that you guys don't have to go back to your day jobs that you can that you can keep making music because it's important and that that was honestly that was really really touching that was <laughs> and because that's how I feel about you know that's so much of the Roe family is about is about community building and about. Uh, you know the the Wellstone wonderful quote: "We all do better when we all do better." Exactly. And this, yeah, that this is the as you said, this is like this is this is the test. This is the this is the the litmus test for what we value and what we what we care about and what's important. And you know, it's to keep these things. Yeah, I had that same thought. What you said, you know, it's if you can give two bucks, two bucks makes a difference. To and you know, to anybody, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about any of these things. It's, 
a, a very good friend of mine works at Buster's. When you first started that thing about them, I thought, oh, God, did they close too? And then I realized, no, you said they're not closed. And I was really happy for that. I'm getting a Cubano on the way. Oh, actually, you know what? Not today. I was going <laughs> to get a Cubano on the way home, but today is Cinco de Mayo, and there is another family-owned and run restaurant in my neighborhood who I hate to give away free press. Dominguez, if you've not eaten there in Southeast Minneapolis, the best mole enchilada you will ever put in your mouth. You're lying. I, no, I'm not. No, I <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out. I'm no. hungry as we speak. And again, for a change. Uh, again, so before we start to wrap up here, um, Quillen, you have to promise me that when we get past all this, you'll come back and be in live because I want to talk more about how you and Kim met, how the band started, the band's philosophy. I want to talk more about that, but we got to kind of get close to wrapping up things here. So <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. There's just I like having conversations with people who are inter- yeah. interesting to conversate with, and I it's just a, such a weird time. I hate doing it over the phone. I prefer doing it in person. We obviously have much more to cover. So you have a new record, which is called. Roll up the rug. It's the Roll Family Singers, and it's available widely right now. Go and get it. Don't stream it. Buy it. You know, help your local musicians, you. especially because these kinds of bands are important. Once again, I want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank Busters on Twenty Eighth. I got to thank AudioQuip dot com because AudioQuip, without them, this room doesn't have the professional level recording equipment it has in it right now. I cannot thank them enough because they're also another struggling locally owned business who you know they. They make their bread and butter by people renting equipment to go do live gigs, whether it's motivational speaking, loud rock shows, whatever. All those things are off right now. So hopefully they hang on, and I have a feeling they will. Um, Just good luck to everybody, and I hope everything goes well. And thanks to every one of you who support us on Patreon. Thanks to all the people who have provided art for our studio, the work on our website, the professional photography. We owe Thanks to so many people right now. And a lot of people are facing difficult, difficult times. All I can say is we're going to ride this out. Got to keep social distancing. Wash the shit out of your hands, both literally and... <laughs> Don't touch your face. I was going to say, yeah. both literally and figuratively. Quillen, this is a terrible time for the nation's nose pickers. You know that, right? Uh, my daughter is, is dying. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter. Good one. Yeah, exactly. Thank uh, you. My daughter, too. And by my daughter, I mean I mean my right index finger. All right. Um, so, Quillen, uh, it has been wonderful to talk to you. And before we go, again, I, there's never enough time. I just, most people aren't going to listen to two hours of this. So we'll have you back another yeah. time. And I very much look forward to it. Good luck with the new record. Um, Thank you. One more time. It is rowfamilysingers.bandcamp.com. Yep. Yep. Perfect. All right. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, best to you and your family. Good luck with the distance learning and all the other weirdness thank that you. our new world has put in front of us. Before we go, we are going to hear your song, Young Lovers, and I would like you to tell me about this song before we say goodbye. Oh, my gosh. So um, John Munson from Semisonic and Trip Shakespeare, mm-hmm. he puts together this, this music festival uh, over Labor Day weekend every year up in Ely at Camp Du Nord. It's a YMCA camp. Mm -hmm. I'm not a camp kid. I never went to camp before in my life, so I had no idea what this was going to be like. So we go up to this beautiful camp up in Ely, Minnesota, you know, right on the right on the edge of the boundary waters and, you know, the Canadian border and all that. I think, I don't know. I think we're on the Canadian border. It sure feels like it. But we're up there and it's this music festival. It's a three-day music festival that John puts together called uh, Fest Du Nord. And we've been part of it now for the past five or six years. And the first year he booked us, he said, you know, bring the kids up with you. They'll love it. And and we bring the kids during the summer, the kids tour with us quite a bit, but we didn't know anything about this. We thought we were just going to go up, stay overnight and come back home. So that's what we did the first time. And of course we saw that it was this just magical thing. And so the next year we brought the kids. And so that year we brought so the second year we brought the kids. It was the year that, um, that Prince died. And so the last night of the festival is always a big, a big, just a, a big dance party. And it's, uh, it's, it's no, it's uh, Adam and Noah from the honey dogs and mm. it's John and John Eller and, you know, a whole bunch of the, you know, who's who's of just some of the greatest Minneapolis players. Mm-hmm. And they did this Prince dance party. And I, I'm, this is, this is, this is relevant to the song. I'm not, I'm not digressing here. <laughs> so I believe you. The big, the dance party, because it rained, it was drizzling that night. So we had to bring uh, Jay Perlman's sound system inside so it wouldn't get ruined. And so 
the the dance party is happening in the big dining hall and outside of the dining hall there's a playground and so you know it's dark um you know all the kids are there because it's a camp so there's there's all the families that come up for it there's all the musicians and their families so it's just a huge family thing so kim and i are standing outside of the of the dance hall listening to the music from outside because our kids are playing with all the other kids in the dark on this little playground and they've all got these glow sticks and we're standing, Kim and I are standing in the circle talking to these parents, to other parents. So we're standing there in the circle talking to parents and I look over to my right and there's the, there's the playground with all the kids, you know, and these kids, none of these kids know each other. You know, they're not, they're not all, you know, they're all strangers, but you know, like kids do, they've all made friends and they're playing with these glow sticks and they're just, they're just, they're just so full of joy. And then they kind of come back into the conversation that Kim and I are having with all these other parents. And so I'm thinking about, you know, there's the, there's the young kids there and then there's us parents here. And it's, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder for grownups to, you know, break those walls we put up around us and just meet strangers and make friends, but we're working on it. And then I just, I look to my left and I see, and this is beautiful. It's like framed by the full moon light there's uh there's two young counselors like probably 19 20 21 years old and they're dancing they're like slow dancing by themselves in this beam of moonlight all by themselves there's no one else around them they don't know that i'm looking over there and the woman starts uh and i don't know who these are i mean they're silhouetted by the moon and but it's clear the woman of the couple starts like tugging at the guy like pulling him into the bushes and that's when i looked away because that's the polite thing to do so i have this and, and I'm, I should say, because this is also apropos, that I'm an art student, I'm an art school kid. And so I, I really had this big thing about the three ages of man uh, was a big theme in my work when I was in school years ago. So now I've got this idea in my head of there's the kids, that's one age of life. There's the parents, it's another age of life. And then there's these young lovers, hence the title of the song, that are, you know, and and at these different stages of our life, we have these things that are important to us and they're different things that are differently important to us. So that I go to bed with all this kind of percolating in my head. I wake up at four in the morning and we're in a shared cabin. The musicians share cabins with other musician families. And so my kids are sleeping. Kim is sleeping. Everyone in the house is sleeping, but this song is in my head. The whole song that is, we're going to listen to is in my head, which as I said earlier, never, 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 never happens anymore. So I sneak out to the kitchen I've got my, I always keep something to write with and, but I can't turn on any lights. And I, I'm, so I'm trying to write the words down because all the words are there and the melody's there. And so I'm trying to write it down in the dark and I can't even turn the light on my phone because I don't want to wake anybody up. And then I've got the melody in my head too. And so I'm singing the melody into my phone. I'm whispering it, you know, you know, I'm whispering <laughs> it super quiet into my phone. So, you know, so I've got this whole song and I'm super excited about it and I get it out. And I'm able to go back to bed because I've just, you know, I've, I finally dumped it out onto the page. And I woke up the next morning. Of course, the lyrics were totally unreadable because I wrote them in the dark. <laughs> but at least I had the I had the voice memo. So well, you had the you voice go. memo and the lyrics written in something that looked like ancient Sanskrit. Quillen uh, <laughs> yeah. Rowe, we got to wrap this up, man. Thank you very, very much. And promise me that on the far side of all this weird pandemic stupidity, you'll come in live to the studios in South Minneapolis one day. I would truly love that. Thank you, Brian. I would love it very much as well. New album out now, The Roe Family Singers. RoeFamilySingers.com is where you start. You can find Bandcamp. You can find the info. You can find everything you need to know. Quillen, best to you and yours. Sean, best to you and yours. Thank you, Brian. You too. Well, th- yeah. Thank somehow, you, guys. Somehow you never sound sincere when you <laughs> say that, I am so Sean. sincere. Yeah, no, anyway. <laughs> thank you, Quillen. Quillen, thank you very much. And let's go ahead and hear this Thanks, song, guys. Young Lovers. Thanks, Quillen. Naked in the rain 